Hello, my name's Kim. I'm a firefighter down at Central White Watch. I'm Claire Walsh, a business intelligence manager. Been in the fire service since November 2015. Hi, I'm Ellie Gillett, group manager of Doncaster District. I've been in the fire service for nearly 16 years. Hi, I'm Carol Filer. I've worked at South Yorkshire since 2015. I'm now personal assistant with the principal officers and I originally came as a temporary person and I've stayed. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of South Yorkshire Fire and Rescue's official service podcast, Shout. I'm Jack and I've been joined by our Assistant Chief Fire Officer Andy Strelchaney who has been talking to the amazing people you've just heard from. Andy sat down with each of them to talk about what it's like being a woman in the fire service. I hope you enjoy the episode, please do let us know what you think and if you do like it, give it a share. Enjoy! Hello everybody, my name is Andy Strawcherry, I'm the Assistant Chief Fire Officer, South Yorkshire Fire and Rescue and I'm going around the service just asking our women employees what's the best thing about working in the, our service and what do they like the most and I'm here this morning with Kim. It's hard to believe Kim that you've been in the service nearly seven years now and I know that before you joined I was at training centre and I know you were you were a posted before you joined the fire service, weren't you? Yes, I was a, a, a postwoman working in, in Sheffield. Done that for about four years. Always wanted a career in the fire service and I was fortunate enough that the applications were opened and I, I got applying. Yeah, well, we're really glad you also applied and we've got you here in our service. Uh, you're a valuable member of our team. I'm guessing working as a postie probably helped in the fire service in some respect because lots of walking, lots of coming in contact with the public and carrying quite a large post bag I would imagine. Yeah definitely, I, as a postwoman I'd carry up to 25 kilos of mail a, a day, uh, multiple bags and it kept me physically fit. Also I really enjoyed working with members of the public as a postwoman so that was a great great thing I could transfer to the fire service and keep that up. So um, what's the best thing about working for the fire service then working for South Yorkshire Fire and Rescue Kim? Um, so for me it's the bond that you uh, you have with your colleagues. We're all so different and we've all got our, our own strengths that we bring um, to to the watch, to the, uh, to the brigade. Uh, you work with so many different people um, and you know it's just it, it's really nice to to see all the diversity that's in this brigade. I love the physical side, you know, I've always been into my physical fitness. Um, I love the challenge and I love learning new things every single day, whether it be on drill, whether it be at the incident ground, um, or just from talking, talking to somebody. You, you can learn so much just from communicating um, and being open. Yeah, and, and again, members of the public, we're yeah. there to provide a service and and it's great that we can we can go and do our best and help help people. No, it's really it's really nice to hear. And I'm not going to get on to sort of your your football team that you support. We'll we will talk about that because <laughs> I know you're a Sheffield Wednesday fan. And we won't talk about that. But um, you've been here now seven years. Hard to believe, isn't it? It's absolutely flown by. I can't believe it. We were talking only yesterday, I think, before we decided to do this, and 
when you told me you'd been here nearly seven years, you, you kind of don't realise how quickly time flies. And I'm guessing on Central White Watch, you're one of the senior firefighters now, and is it your job to sort of help the new people come in, and how do, how do you find that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you say, seven years has just, it's just flown by. You know, the, the, we do the two-year probationary period, and then once you're a competent firefighter, being at a, a step central station, we get we get recruits regular. So it is important that we, uh, we you know, we're, we're engaging and we we're passing on all our knowledge, and it, it's fantastic. And again, it's a two way two way thing. So we're all helping each other. Yeah, it's really great that you, you continue to do that. Um, and what what's it like to be a woman in the fire service and a female firefighter? To be honest, it's a difficult question to answer because, to me. And clearly, by everybody else, I'm I'm just a firefighter. Yeah, there's you don't see yourself as actual, you know. Although we know that the statistics up and down the country, um, the amount of female firefighters that we've got, women in the fire service is low. You just see yourself as part of, as a firefighter, and no specific uh, agenda attached to it. No, absolutely true. Um, I I feel a hundred percent part of the team as anybody else, and I, I don't. I'm never made to feel to feel that I'm any different. Yeah, that's uh, that's really good, and that's obviously something that I positive that I would like to hear. There's a lot going on at the moment in the fire service, and um, obviously these podcasts are really important to just to get the feel of what it's like as a as a woman in the fire service. And I'm guessing, do you speak to your friends about it, and do they ask lots of questions and about what what it's like to be? A, a female in fire service. Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of friends, uh, like you say, ask me about my job and and what it's like, and I can hand on heart from my experience promote it to any any female, any male, anybody. Um, this job, there's there's no difference between people, and I'd be more than happy to tell that to anybody. Look, I know you need to go to Durn Fire Station today, so I'm not going to keep you any any longer. Uh, and thanks for being a great part of our team, and thanks for agreeing to do this today with me. You're more than welcome. Thanks. Thank you. Hi Claire, um, thanks for joining me to do this uh, podcast, it's really important that we're, myself and Jack are trying to get around as many people in the service, female members of staff in the service, and before I get on uh, a question around when you joined South Yorkshire Fire Service, what did you do before you joined, joined us? Um, for 10 years previous to joining Fire Service I was a teaching assistant in primary school um, and before that I'd been a PA at BT. So I'd worked at BT for quite a while, but because my daughter was of an age where um, I needed to be around more, I decided to sort of go down that route. So I um, was teaching assistant throughout every year in the primary school um, and moved around a lot. Lived in Newcastle for a couple of years, so worked in year six with um, a group of children who had lower um, educational um sort of levels so they needed a lot more input so I had 14 children that I sort of taught and looked after and um, really enjoyed it 
So when Amelia got to an age where she was leaving primary education, that's when I looked for a more full-time job and something where I could have a career that I actually wanted. Wow, yeah, big city, Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, great. It is a good city. Yeah. And then you joined the fire service, and am I right in saying when you came to join us, you worked in community safety? Yeah, so I joined as an FCSO, um, and I was really surprised because when I sort of read the job description, I thought it was going to be all delivering in schools and it was going to be a lot of what I was already used to, and it, it really wasn't. And that was a good thing because it really pushed me out of my comfort zone and I didn't sort of realise that we did that kind of work, all that prevention work and I really sort of thrived on wanting to make things better for people and I think that ties in with working in primary schools, yeah. helping the families and helping the kids because it's not just about you know being a teaching assistant or a classroom assistant or teaching the children, it's a real holistic family approach. And that's the same as working in community safety. So I was an FCSO. Um, there were a couple of bits that I didn't really like about it, like the whole chip pan unit, the fire bit scared me a lot. Um, and other than that, I loved every aspect of it, but I did that for about six months. And then the community safety coordinator post came up and I applied for that. Mm. So I did that for about six years. All right, well, I've learned something. I didn't realise you joined us as, as an FCSO because yeah. I know you've you um, progressed through community safety then, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So it's been great, right? Enjoyed it in community safety. And you were there for a number of years? About six years, yeah. Yeah, six years. I can remember you being in there. And then just talk to us about, because you've got a completely different role now within the service, haven't you? Yeah. You've progressed further yeah. uh, from community safety into sort of data. Just talk yeah. to us a bit about that, what you do now. Um, so now I'm business intelligence manager, so I manage um, the team of data quality analysts and business intelligence analysts. So it's very, very different to community. Um, obviously community working is about people, we're mm. now all about data and numbers. So it's it's very, very different, but I was at a point where, not that I'd exhausted community safety because I hadn't, but I personally needed a bit of a brain stretch and I needed something else that I could get my teeth into. I just felt that I needed challenging because I was really comfortable and I'm not going to say that I was getting lazy because I don't think that's right but after Covid and I'd had lots of things happen in my personal life that I just felt I needed a change. Yeah. So I sort of knew what I was letting myself in for. There's been a lot of work to do to develop what we're currently doing, what we're currently delivering. And it's it's still the same, we've still got the same aim. So the same aim is we're trying to do things to make people safer, but we're just using you know data to back that up and data to push where we need to be as an organisation. So I still feel it's equally as valuable. I just really miss being in community. So how does the, how does the fire service, working in the fire service compare to your other um, employment they've had in varied industries in terms of being a woman in the fire service or a female member of our staff. How how do you feel? How does it feel? Um, I think there's a bit of a misconception that it's still a very male orientated environment and um, that women don't get the same opportunities. I don't feel like that. Um, I feel working, especially on in the support staff and the corporate role, that you know, I'm 
I'm, I'm validated being here. Mm. Um, I feel like I've got a real good chance of having a career. Um, and I feel like it's such a specialist area that we work in that that you've got to sort of get your teeth into it and you've got to understand it. And I do feel that um, the people that work here work here because they want to be here, that we believe in what we're doing and we're all doing the same same thing for the same aim. So I suppose looking back, I don't, I don't know that I ever sort of really wanted to to be in this role, but mm. I definitely wanted to work for the fire service because the when I was looking to apply uh, for a job, I was looking at the safeguarding office post and then that sort of went, it got withdrawn. So that's why I applied for oh. a community safety officer. Um, so I think it's all just been a matter of good timing and fate. But I just think, you know, I don't feel necessarily that being a, a woman in the fire service today makes me feel any different to, you know, if I was a, a man in the fire yeah. service, I think. Excellent. Well, listen, I just want to, and I've dragged you away from your desk for 10 minutes. Yeah. I just want to thank for, thank you for agreeing to come in and just no give problem. us a bit of a, um, update for this podcast. We really appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for all the hard work you did. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Morning, Neely. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate your time. I know you're really busy and we've dragged you away to help us with this podcast. We spoke to a lot of women in the fire service and the work for South Yorkshire Fire and Rescue and uh, really appreciate you spending your time with us. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you um, I know that you probably didn't decide originally to join the fire service in your, early in your sort of university days, but I do know you've got a degree, haven't you, before you joined the fire service, Ellie? Yeah, I have. Um, I've got a forensic science degree that I got from Lincoln University, so that naturally probably should have taken me towards the police. However, my career sort of path changed in the second year of university when we did a module on fire, arson and explosives, and Dave Koss came with his dog Fudge to deliver some of the input for that element of the course, um, and that's when I decided that that was what I wanted to do. Prior to that, I wanted to get into forensics doing blood spatter analysis or mm. crime scene investigation, but he was the one that changed the course of where my career ended up. He said, after one of the lectures, he said that if anybody wanted to talk to him a little bit more about it, to get hold of him after the lecture, so I did. Uh, and from that, he invited me to go out to crime scenes with him to arson scenes. Wow, so yeah. in the summer holidays, that's what I'd do if he got a scene. He'd give me a ring, we'd meet at a fire station and drive together and we'd go and investigate it together. And that was while I was a student, so he gave me some quite early exposure to fire investigation. Yeah, I know Dave well, he spends a lot of time, doesn't he, with students and um, he's a great guy and continues to work for the fire service. But strange, isn't it, that it took something to be set on fire or blown up for you to want to join the fire service? <laughs> it's a bit yeah, yeah, it is a bit of disruption, definitely. Yeah. And I know that... Um, I know through conversations that we have, and I'm really pleased that you decided to go down the real science route of fire investigation, Ellie, <laughs> um, is that it, it's kind of like full circle, isn't it? Because Dave spent time with you as a, you as a student, and, and since then you've worked with him throughout your career. You've got to station manager where you became a fire investigation officer, and you've actually been on scene with him. It's been really weird. Yeah, I think it's been about two or three times I've worked on scenes with him, and, and he's turned up, and it's been brilliant. Um, he always used to say he'd call me boss one day. Uh, he did, he used to say that, but yeah, um, yeah, it's been great working with him. 
obviously we're, we're talking about um, women in the fire service and um, it will probably be remiss of me not to talk to you about how it feels for you in the fire service. You've you obviously joined as a firefighter now, you're, you're group manager and probably got aspirations I'm guessing to go high, but what's what do you what's it feel like for you in the fire service, Ellie? I've enjoyed my 16 years in the fire service. Um, it does feel like it's changed over the 16 years. The culture of the organisation has changed. But it feels nice to be in a position where you can positively influence how the culture is shaped in the future and how the organisation runs in the future. Yeah. And I know it's fair to say that you, it's not been... It's not your 16 years so far as, or in the fire services hasn't been without challenges. You've had your own challenges as a woman in the fire service, haven't you? Yeah, I've had my own challenges and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not the only one. There are other women that have spoken to me about their personal challenges. But yeah, um, it's not all been easy. Yeah. I know there's, there's an instance we've spoken about from, yeah, have, from yeah. four years ago, um, which wasn't a particularly pleasant instance of sort of repetitive bullying and harassment by a senior officer. Yeah. I think the key to that being an issue was it was the first point at which I stepped away from a fire station. So it was on my movement from watch manager to station manager to join the middle manager cohort that that was the significant point at when that incident or series of incidents happened. So that did have quite an impact on me as a middle manager for the first 12 months or so. Yeah, I, I know about the incident and uh, I was really pleased at the time that you actually came to see me and spoke to me about it because... I know how much it impacted on you, and when you left me on that day and you you went away, it, you know it, it did have an impact on me as well. That, that somebody you know so talented and well respected throughout the service had had to go through that, um, and it wasn't a long time ago, only four years ago. Mm. I, you know, how does it feel now? I've got to ask you now. How does it, how does it feel now? But it still stays with me, and I think. At the time that it happened, I didn't have the support from the organisation that I would have hoped for and that I would have needed, and that that formed a lot of the conversations that I had with yourself about yeah. it, uh, and you were the first to acknowledge that I was let down. Um, so that was appreciated, but I think from the environment where that happened four years ago, it wouldn't happen again. I think we have moved on. I think collectively we've all looked at that situation and thought, how should that have played out differently or how could we have stopped it happening in the first place because there were points in the years that preceded that event that happened the events that happened to mm. me where something could have been done there, there were there were issues that people knew about that weren't dealt with and i think we've moved on as an organization to look at situations and try and stop them happening before they get to that point but if they do get to that point i'm confident now and i've been given the assurances from SLT that that would yeah. be dealt with robustly and I'm yeah, quite happy about that. Absolutely and I, I mentioned on one of my earlier um, discussions um, that it's really difficult for somebody like myself and I'll always acknowledge this to actually know how it feels to you when you've been through that sort of challenge or issue. We've all been through our own challenges and issues but I, I, I could never know how that felt for you and you were mm. really open about how it to you when we met up and um, it's yeah. something that re will remain with me how you described it how it made you feel mm. I, th I think the biggest challenge for me throughout that whole situation was that it the behavior directed towards me wasn't based on my ability or my capability because yeah. that individual was well aware that I was capable of doing the role it was 
purely down to the fact that I'm a woman, which is something about myself that I can't do anything about, I can't change, don't want to change, it's who I am. Um, but it was purely down to me as a person. Yeah. And that, that was quite personal. And it, yeah. it made me feel quite unwelcome and out of place in that middle manager cohort. And I'd not really felt that before. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm pleased that you feel as though we would deal with that very differently. And, and I'm absolutely sure that we would. And you're in a position now whereby you can influence behaviours. And I know you're doing some great things out at Doncaster. Um, being an being a group manager, is that something that you ever thought you'd be able to do or was capable or looked to do? I hadn't honestly looked that far ahead, to be honest. I was quite happy in a station manager role at Rotherham. I'd been there for three or four years, I think, and I was quite comfortable in the role at that point. Um, it, it's taken some prompting and some prodding and some poking mm. to get me to look to the, to the level ahead. Um, but it did feel like a natural progression. It felt like a more natural progression than watched a station. Um, but then obviously I didn't have the additional challenges I had at that point as well. Um, it felt like quite a natural progression to group manager and I really enjoy the role. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? And um, being in the Premier District out at Doncaster, <laughs> uh, how do you find Doncaster? It's got some unique risks, hasn't it? If you've never worked out there, it kind of caters for everything, doesn't it? Risk yeah, it. motorways, prisons... Obviously, we had the airport before that was shut down. I'm not yeah. sure that's coming back. Um, yeah. That Doncaster Royal Infirmary. Yeah. There's a lot going on out there. High rises, although that's they are it. sprinkled thanks to yeah. South Yorkshire Fire and Rescue. Yeah, but it's, like I say, it's a unique area, isn't it? Mm. Um, and before that, you were you were an instructor at training centre. I remember you being an instructor at training centre. I remember doing water rescue courses as an officer, going down and you doing instructing that. Did you enjoy that role? I enjoyed the instructor role. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Um, I didn't have the benefit of working in training school while we were recruiting for whole-time firefighters, but I was involved in some of the retained yeah. firefighter training courses. And, and to see people now that I trained years ago, six, seven years ago, I think it was, it's really rewarding, really rewarding part of the job. Yeah, I was an instructor, and uh, it's one of the happiest times of my fire service career. Being, you know, you realise that there's really more to the role, don't you? Mm. And going down to different courses and and getting your instructor qualifications and then putting them into practice. What was your favourite subject at Training Centre? BA, definitely BA. Has to be done it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely BA. So you, did you go down to Morton to do your BAI? Yeah, BAI, fire behaviour, tactical ventilation. They're tough courses, aren't they? Yeah, really tough courses, yeah. yeah two, was it two weeks for BAI, was it? Two weeks for BAI, yeah, being fed through the, the smarty tube. The smarty tube, yeah. 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 Really, really challenging courses, and <clears throat> I suppose you look back at that and think that's got to have put you in good stead for where you are now, surely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Subject, subject knowledge, expert, and that type of thing. Um, and you, you're really into your fire investigation. I know that. Um, how do you feel about that? You get to see some pretty grim and horrible fire scenes, and you big responsibilities, and it right reports and going to coroners. How do you feel about all that? Yeah, it, it's it's an important role. It it does put the rest of your workload on hold if you get a fatal fire. Um, but the the rewarding part, and that there has to be a rewarding part of being exposed to that kind of thing and doing the investigations, is that we're in a privileged position where we get to go to coroner's court and give the family some answers. Yeah. So that it does feel like quite a privileged position to be in. Yeah, and that's uh, <clears throat> I'm guessing back in your student days, you probably never ever dreamt that you would be sat in a coroner's court delivering you know your most probable cause 
in there and answering questions from families, that can be sometimes quite difficult, can't it? Because they can ask you anything, can't they? Yeah, they can ask anything and, and they have done and they do. Uh, and sometimes it's not comfortable, but you have to answer as honestly as you can. Yeah. And is, is, would you say that's the area of the job that you, looking back at your university days and your sort of cycle around Dave Cost that's most rewarding to you, or is there another area? I, yeah, I, I enjoy fire investigation, and those those of us that do it, and obviously yeah. you know because you have, you know the it is a, the best part. Of, well, not the best part of the job, but it is one of the best parts yeah, of the it's, job. Yeah, uh, it's hard work. It challenges sometimes you can be on the scene for a long time, and lonely, can't it? it can be lonely. It can be. But actually, when you get to the you know return of the calls and origin, it's quite rewarding, isn't it? Yeah. Good stuff. Carol, good morning and thanks for joining uh, and, and agreeing to do this. Um, I think this is going to be a really interesting podcast and chat with you because um, your your primary job at the moment is to keep people like me in check. I think that's right, isn't it? I do my best. <laughs> Diary management, uh, making sure that I don't accept things when I shouldn't be accepting them, and that. And how do you find that working? working with us down there. Are we scary beasts, or are we quite... You're, all of you are very accessible, and I think that's come through more in the last two years, that the accessibility is is always there for the principal officers. Yeah, good. Um, I'd liken your diaries to, all your diaries to, like a sort of Sudoku game. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lots of requests coming in and busy. it's a busy role for you. I know it's a busy role for you and I'm really grateful for what you do for us because I know it's sometimes an impossible task. Specifically station visits, that always puts a smile on your face and you're trying to arrange those. They are challenging. Yeah. Um, and I have to say for any listeners out there, it's nothing to do with the operational staff. It's generally no. <laughs> diary commitments for us, isn't it? Asking Definitely. To, asking yeah. To, to, yeah. To, to rejig things around. Yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned at the start you joined us as a temp in projects, didn't you? How did you find that? It was, I was originally coming for six weeks, stayed six months. Um, it was very enlightening because from an outsider not knowing what to expect, um, the main thing I think I took away at that point was what a good organisation it was to work for. Very friendly, very welcoming, in, and yeah, it was great. And we... Um we lost you for a short period of time, didn't Because you were in a temporary post and you had to leave us because we couldn't secure a, a permanent position for you. But it was great to see you back on a personal level. It was great to see your face back in the organisation when you joined the personal mm. uh, assistant team. And it's obviously you, you, you had a drawback to the service. I kept contact with a few people here. So when I was obviously looking for another role, I sort of contacted and they said, oh, there's... X coming up, you know, we, you know, it's, I think it's agreed for something like three to six months. Would you like to join us? You know, yeah. Um, so I did, and I've stayed ever since. Yeah, so. it's great. It's been great. Um, I'm just going to ask you a bit about yourself, Carol, because I know not a lot of people know this, but you're actually a world record holder in athletics, aren't you? Yes, I think we've still got a world record for the relay, but. Um, 
I did have the world record for the women's 60 pentathlon and the women's 60 or to 65 sprint hurdles, yeah. which I did at Lee Valley in 2016. Yeah. Um, so, yes. And you've travelled the world pursuing your athletics, aren't you? Your love of athletics. Yes, um, I got into athletics taking my two children to the track, who are now 40 and 44. And much to probably my son's dismay, I joined in with the group rather than sitting having a cup of coffee. And he gave up and I just carried on. Um, my first major overseas event was in Malmo in Sweden in 1996, which I did the long jump and came second with a British record, Amazing. about five and a half metres. Um, which actually stood for 10 years, so I was quite proud of that. So, And before you joined um, Fire Service, I know you've worked in lots of different places. You spent some time down in Norwich. Um, you worked at the medical school there, is that right? Yeah, I worked as um, assistant to the dean of the medical school for 12 years. A lovely chap, one of the best people, Sam Leinster, who I've ever worked for. Um, he was the inaugural dean of the medical school, so the first cohort started 2002. I joined beginning of 2003 um, and sort of have a particular affinity for those first two years of medical yeah. students because it was a new medical school. Um, so it was lovely. Um, and, um, you never I, knew what the day was going to bring. I know you're very fond of that place because you have a mug, don't you? I have a mug that says, yeah. It does, and I know which your mug is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, this is obviously a podcast to celebrate International Women's Day. What's, in your experience of, you know, one of our women members of staff, what's in your experience of around different, working different employment, what's South York's Fire Rescue like? Um, I've got to say that it's friendly faces here since I arrived, everybody's been so um, accommodating, nothing was too you know, obscure to ask for help mm. on, um, and obviously like a lot of people have probably said the acronyms, my goodness, I think yeah. I'm still learning after all these years. You like an acronym in the fire um, service. And everyone was very welcoming. Um, yeah. And I, we we really appreciate what you do for us, and I think down the bottom end, you you encourage people, don't you, to come down and speak to us, and you, you know we don't send yes. people away. And no, no, I think that's I think that's opened up the last couple of years the accessibility mm. of everybody. That you know, don't be afraid to come down and yeah say hello. Even. We like to see people down there. Don't yes, we? we do. Sometimes it gets lonely. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. Well. Listen, thanks ever so much. I've kept you away and no doubt um, you've got lots of stuff to do. Yeah. And I know you have. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat to us this morning. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks, Carol. Thank you. And that's the end of our special International Women's Day episode. As I said at the start, if you enjoyed it, please do give it a share. Thanks for listening.